0: Well, I figured I was going to kick off this episode with my favorite song by our guest today If you're wondering who that is, that is Never Going Back to Okay by The Afters And I remember when this first came out and man, I love that tune, it's still such a good tune uh, But hey, I'm Josh McCabe, welcome to Overflow Beyond the Music So glad that you're with us for this episode uh, oh, wow. We just had a great conversation with the afters, and you're really going to enjoy it. But I have a little bit of a confession to make before we get to our interview today. Well, this episode is coming to you a little bit late, uh, probably about a day or two late, and here's <laughs> here's what happened. Well, my family and I, we are in Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida right now. Um, long story short, but we are moving to a different place in Nashville, and so that place not going to be ready uh, for another week or so or maybe a week and a half so we decided that we'd come down to my parents vacation condo and just hang out here for a bit so we're driving from nashville down to florida which is about maybe i don't know maybe like a 10-hour drive not nothing major and so we're driving down we stop at a starbucks uh i opened up my laptop for a minute just to take care of some some emails really quick just that needed some immediate attention And I'm going to use the bathroom and then I'm going to go to the car and I figure, you know, I'm just going to leave my laptop on the table charging just for a minute while I'm in the bathroom. Um, My family's in there. My family's there. So no one's going to walk out my laptop and that will have a little extra battery in case I need it later. So I go use the bathroom and I walk directly out to the car and I get in the car and we drive all the way down here to St. Petersburg which is about four hours and 15 minutes away from the Starbucks in which I left my laptop and my backpack. And it wasn't just my laptop in there. It was all my hard drives, my in-ears, my passports. Everything was in that backpack. So thankfully, I called the Starbucks. They had it. And so I spent Sunday driving to and from Georgia to pick up my backpack. It was a very, very long nine or 10-hour day. But here we are. I'm able to finally deliver this podcast and get it finished up. So huge shout-out to Overflow Ministries Group and everybody over there for their patience on this one. Um, But recently, I've been hanging out and getting to know this guy, and we wrote a song together recently. I remember him uh, from American Idol, but then I also remember him from his solo career and some albums that he released post-American Idol. He's released several records since then. And uh, he's written a number one hit for Rascal Flatts. And he's written a ton of other songs for other artists. And that man's name is Chris Sly. And we had the chance to write together recently, uh, just last week. And, man, this guy loves music. He loves honest raw music. So I figure while we're hanging out, I'm going to ask him about a song that really speaks to him and a song that really means something to him. So here's Chris Sly.
1: Hey guys, this is Chris Sly. Um, I am an artist and worship leader and producer and songwriter and here is a song that has been kind of blowing my mind right now. Uh, The song that really has been hitting me lately has been Bethel Music's Goodness of God. I think that song is, number one, I just think Um, it's an incredibly well written song. And as a songwriter, I study songs to kind of understand more of what they do and how they do it. And as I break down that song, it's just super simple. It's almost a, a little bit like a, uh, old school country song almost. Um, and then, uh, the lyrics I think are just, um, really, really excellent. I think that they, um, convey, Uh, an incredibly deep concept while at the same time doing it in a way that's accessible and easy. I love the line, uh, in the bridge that says your goodness is running after me. Um, and I know that that's such a simple concept, but I never quite heard it put in that same way. And so hearing it put that way in the bridge really kind of, uh, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoyed it. I think the guitar work on it is really simple, but really spectacular. I think, uh, man, as every as always with Bethel, the drums just sound great, and um, you know the rhythm section sounds great. So I think all across the board, as I listen to "Goodness of God" by Bethel, it just strikes me as uh, something that's incredibly singable. If I'm leading it uh, in front of a congregation, or uh, it's uh, it's just incredibly uh, simple yet effective. And I think that that is often the best songwriting. So again, this is Chris Sly. You can check me out at chrissly.org. I have a new album. In fact, I recorded Goodness of God on my new record. I liked it so much. Uh, If you'd like to check that out, my new album is called Sing Volume 1. Thanks. Peace.
0: Well, huge thanks to Chris Sly for providing that for us and uh, telling us about the song, Goodness of God. I love, love, love that song. Make sure you check out Chris online. Uh, We'll have the link in the show notes. Make sure you check out his new album, Sing Volume 1, which you will definitely really, really enjoy. But a couple weeks ago, I had the chance to sit down um, with Josh and Matt from the Afters, and they invited me to their record label home over at Fair Trade Services in Nashville, Tennessee. And we sat down, and we had a great little chat in the boardroom and got to catch up and share some stuff uh, about their career and about some mutual friends. And you're really going to join this conversation with these guys. Uh, I learned a lot about some things I didn't know about them as a band. And also really just got to appreciate what they're all about and what they stand for uh, as a band, which is really, really something I, I value knowing. That's why we do this podcast, so that you would understand who these people are beyond their music, because there's so much more to a person beyond their music. So. Without any further introduction, why don't we head on into my conversation with Josh and Matt from The Afters.
2: Win.
3: All
0: right, so I'm here with a little band that probably came on my radar in my, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to give an age, because then that dates myself, and then they're kind of like, oh, dang, has it been that long? But this band, uh, I-, I love what they're about, because they're- there's not a whole lot of fanfare between albums. They just keep releasing great music, and I'm here with Josh and Matt from The Afters. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing good. Good. That was a great introduction. That, that was good. That and, you was know, it, really it is uh, true. Generous.
3: We're at the place now where we've we've done this for long enough that we have... We'll have teenagers, you know, high, high schoolers come to the shows, and they're like, oh, yeah, your, your song Beautiful Love was the song my mom used to sing to me when, when yes. I was a little, little baby.
0: <laughs> Love it. Is there, like, when when you think about having a career, like, how long has it actually been for you guys as a band?
3: Well, Matt and I have been making music together for 20 years now. Yeah. We, we started making music just out of high school, and uh, we worked at a Starbucks coffee shop, and that's kind of where it all started because we would uh, we'd get bored in the morning. Starbucks wasn't as popular back then. Yeah. So we'd have this first wave of customers, and then there'd be a big break. Right. And then you'd have customers come in around lunchtime. So during that break, we'd go grab our guitars and just like jam in the Amazing. store. And then mm-hmm. customers would come in and we'd keep jamming. And then uh, they'd order their Until drinks. Until it got too busy. Then we'd we make had up to put songs the about down. their drink orders yeah. and, and goof off. And then people uh-huh. just started saying, hey, we want to see a show. So we started booking shows.
0: Amazing. Well, it's funny how you talk about working in in music because I think back to when I discovered a lot of bands was right when like the iPod came out. And I I had like the iPod photo. And it was super cool because it was color. Yeah. And you could like store photos on it just to like show your friends like, hey, look at this photo. You couldn't take any with it. You could just show them your photos. And um, (laughs) I remember that working, I worked at KFC and I would like buy like, you know, two records a week, and then just over and over again on the iPod as I'm working, and that's kind of where like I don't know my st- stupidly large knowledge of music, Christian and non-Christian uh, came in. So mm. I don't know, work huh. work in music, man. Maybe do you still there. have that iPod? Because they're I do? collectors' items now. Really? Oh yeah, people iPod. People fo- love I don't even know if it'll turn on, but iPod There's people to collect so them. They love and they seek them out.
3: Even young people, because they're like, it doesn't have all this extra stuff that gets in the way. You just have the music.
0: Well, I kind of loved how it just, yeah, like it just, just like, it was like your hard drive of music Mm -hmm. that you traveled with. Now it's like, you're, well, I guess now you just stream it, but.
2: Yeah.
3: So now you go on streaming and you get on the rabbit trail of finding new artists and discovering new music. It's, It's endless. Which is a whole other thing,
0: good or bad. Well, speaking of discovering new artists, has anybody come up to you even recently and said like. Oh, never heard of you guys before. You guys knew? All the time.
2: Well, more more often than not, they'll say something along the lines of, Oh, I, I never knew that you guys sang all of these songs that I love. Right, right. And they're like, I just didn't even know what artist that was. I thought you were Mercy Me or Casting Crowns or somebody. You know what I mean? Like, people just don't, most people who just casually listen to the radio, I think they just don't. Like, they don't even process who the artists are or who sings the song. or You it's, know what I mean?
0: They just kind of hop on the radio and whatever comes yeah, up. Yeah, and it's like,
2: up. oh, I like that. I want to tap my toe to that or well, sing we along. Well, we as a rock band, right? Mm-hmm. And so
3: I think as we've yeah. progressed through our, our career and our our music style has shifted and developed and, and become what it is, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, with radio play, like stations play us now that maybe wouldn't have played the old stuff, for instance. And, right. And so there are new fans
0: that, yeah. I I hear that at least, people are like, oh,
3: you guys, a new band?
0: <laughs> so funny, and you're like, if you only knew. <laughs> and so when you when you guys started, like, what what year could you say was sort of the okay, like we're doing this for real. Like usually mm-hmm. people say it's around the time they sign a record deal or release mm-hmm. their first single, or go on mm-hmm. their first tour. Like, what take me back to that day
3: when we started off. It was very grassroots, and we actually didn't really even care about getting signed because we had kind of built something really cool and organic in Texas and we just started playing every weekend wherever we could and we had lots of people coming out to our shows. We made an independent record mm-hmm. that sold like 25,000 copies. More of, than that, of, uh, a lot. Of yeah. the independent record and so wow. we were just planning on making another independent record and just continue to grow from there and, uh, and Bart Miller, the singer from Mercy Me, he reached out to us because we had played shows together in Texas while they were independent and uh, he told us that their record label wanted to sign us and they want to take us on, on tour, and so it's never I, a bad thing. I remember the right. day when I worked my last shift at Starbucks. In fact, I remember the drink I made. I made a, a tall non-fat caramel macchiato, hmm. and that was where I feel like everything shifted because our whole life changed after that. We went from from uh, the life that we'd been living to life on the road, which is is so different. And we went on tour with them, and we've been touring ever since.
2: We we went from being a broke, unsigned artist to a broke-signed artist. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I mean... You know what I'm talking about. a lot about. Of truth to that. The know. only difference is people think you actually make money. Correct. Well, We've, we've yes. paid
3: dues, man. Let me, let me tell you, we, we have... Uh, if there's a dues bucket, we've invested heavily into that dues Heavily. We awesome. spent yeah. years uh, touring in a van and trailer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, the ultimate dream of every band is to be in a bus. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of times... Because we were four guys that had families... Every time that that we had an opportunity, oh, let's let's move to a bus. Well, then that conversation came, or we could provide for our families. Right. So we went mm-hmm. for a long time um, in the van and trailer, yeah. just so we could support our families, and uh, and then give that hope to our, our, our wives too. That you know this is moving the right direction. But then also when we finally did move into a bus. Uh, I feel like we had so much gratitude. It was, mm-hmm. it was like this overwhelming feeling of gratitude because we had spent so many years in that van. We actually worked at the time. We, uh, when we, we had gone through two vans, and we compiled how many miles we had driven, yeah. and uh, all the, all the places we'd been, how many hours, like the average speed and all that. We did the calculation. And we figured out that we had spent an entire year of our life in that van.
0: <laughs> that That's like almost. Yeah. That's living the dream. That's well, the- <laughs> but, I mean, you, you have to really love, love what you do for that. Like, I, I have this theory, and I had this theory in leadership. Tell, tell me if you've ever applied this to you guys, and maybe one day I'll write a book on it. We'll see. Anyways, um, that you need two of three things for people to be fulfilled in what they're doing. It's either, A, got to have a really, really good vision. Like, you're going to change the world with this thing. Two, it's got to be a really good time. You love the people that you're doing this thing with, or three, it's got to pay you a lot of money. Mm. And you, you can't just have one of them. Three out of three would be awesome.
3: Yeah, three out of three is the sweet spot.
0: But you need two of them. And and hmm. you're not always getting money. But if you love the guys you tour mm. with, and you believe in what you're doing, absolutely. Then mm. then it makes that whole year in a van worth it. And so let me let me ask that's you. That's great. I'll buy that book. Will you buy that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Well, I mean, in church life, you don't really have money to pay volunteers, so right. you're, you have to make sure that you take you care of them. You have to cast a strong mm-hmm. vision,
3: yeah, and you, have to, you have to take good care of them. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah.
0: I was going to say, though, like when you, when you talk about the vision aspect, yeah, is there a time that you're in that van, and you're going, I, I can't do another eight-hour night drive, and somebody says, reminds you as a band why you do it?
3: Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been days where everything goes wrong, mm-hmm. and... I know I've tried to definitely like I remember days where I I I'd, I'd remind the guys look even on the worst day like we're living somebody else's dream there's there's so many people who would love to jump into our shoes right now yeah. even with all this pain and uh and and pick up where we are and so to me it's just reminding ourselves like okay this all comes with it but this is the best job ever like we we love what we do although we do have two guys from the early days who did reach that place and they were like I can't do this anymore yeah, and they uh they did leave yeah. the road
0: but that I mean things, that things happens. happen happen yeah. a lot
2: for
3: sure no it's very true. and then we got two other guys who who came in after that who had become our, our closest brothers.
0: yeah now tell me about the uh, tell me about the two guys who aren't in this room right now.
2: man they're terrible. you would hate them. They are just the scum of the earth I
0: figured <laughs> I figured. that's why they're not here.
2: Dan and Jordan are really some of our some of our best friends um, they they are just two very different people, mm. but just awesome. And just love love life on the road and love hanging. And we really have like a a brotherhood with them. Like we, we are probably closer than brothers. We fight like brothers too sometimes. But yeah. man, uh, Jordan is our drummer and he is the producer of our last several albums. Oh, awesome. And uh, he's just probably one of the most talented guys in this town. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, Dan, bass player extraordinaire and... Also, um, just like one of the most laid back and like generous people that you'll ever meet. Just a great, great, great dude.
0: It's awesome. I remember Jordan when he was playing for Storyside oh, yeah. B. Oh, for uh-huh. sure. Back in the day. That was like when I first started touring. Talk about paying dues. I was a merch guy. Ooh. Uh, and I sold, uh, not exclusively for them, but I did a couple of festivals for Hawk Nelson.
3: Yep. Oh, they sold a lot of merch.
0: Oh, it was. I Tons mean, there's a reason why I quit. You couldn't keep it in I couldn't do it. It was like. I can't, I can't keep up with this. This is (laughs) anyways, um, first world problems. But, um, when I think about just your touring and, and, and sort of some of the things you've, you've played, we were talking about it earlier, our mutual friend, JW. Oh, one Mm -hmm. of the best people on the planet. One of the best people on the planet. Shout out to JW right now. If you're listening to this, um, I am available for bookings on,
1: um, I'm just kidding. Shameless. Yeah,
0: no, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) you know, um, you guys have done a lot of stuff with with Franklin, Franklin Graham and the Billy Graham uh-huh. Evangelistic Association. Tell me a little bit about um, why that means something to you guys.
3: I love that it's doing the gospel. Like we love that they go into a place and they're so intentional about the ministry that's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go in a year or more in advance and start gathering the churches together. Sometimes we even get to go early. And meet mm-hmm. with churches and meet with some of the leaders and and fire them up, you know. And uh, I love that they're so intentional about laying that groundwork way in advance. And then when the event comes, the event is just part of it, you know. It's, it's a part of the, the bigger story. And so they do follow up. They get people connected in the local churches. They even go back and they stay connected in the community like mm-hmm. long after. So we we love that. We've been to every corner of the world. Like we were. We were in uh, Oslo, Norway yeah. with Franklin last year. Uh, Lisbon. Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. Mm-hmm. We were in Scotland and the, the Australian outback with Will. We're going to be going to Albania with him this summer. Wow. And uh, and I love that our role in it is to to elevate the gospel. Yeah, you know our role is to just get people engaged and elevate the go- get them prepared to hear what's to come. And, and I mean that's that's what it's all about. So we we love being a part of of that.
2: You know I think a lot of people elevate what we do unrightly so i mean i think a lot of people look at guys like us that write and sing and play these songs that they hear on the radio and that they and they think we're like superheroes you know but like we we literally just make music that's all we do like that's really not such a huge thing in the grand scheme of things that people do you know what i mean well, you and when mean i think it so that's i smoke a mean brisket that's that's that something. is that's, that's, actually something. Um, something meat um
0: you, you, you meat. meat just to yeah, clarify really we're meat. talking about smoking things yeah. Yeah. Smoking just brisket careful meat.
2: just uh that is something <laughs> it <laughs> no. might be
0: some slang for some word is
2: that true sure who of, knows yeah days, so i don't know <laughs> you never <Yeah>. know <laughs> um but you know like w- we go in and we play our show and we leave yeah and we're gone and um, the, the great, one of the best things about the Graham uh, Association is just how much thought they put into what's going to happen to all these people. They, they work beforehand and they work afterward to follow up with every single person, get every single person plugged into a church. Who does that? Right. You know? We don't go back. To the towns that we play and talk to, the, you know, I mean, well, we do. We do go back. Yeah, I was sure. talking to Will, and but he's it's, going you know, back
3: to Kalgoorlie yeah. in the Australian Outback where, where we did an event last year mm-hmm. just to follow up with the pastors. And, and, and make just sure to get them fired up, up again. Going, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Really cool.
0: Love it. Yeah. So when you talk about the follow-up of the ministry takes place, what as um, quote-unquote ministry veterans, mm-hmm. though though you would say, oh, no, no, but these people are. What, what, are, what would you say to the young artists that are doing band right now they say you guys got to make it more than just what you're doing like what, what's that advice to say that hey you know maybe we don't have the resources to be partnered with all the local churches mm-hmm. but we do have the ability to make it more than just a rock show like what would you say to people and, and what, where do you feel like you fit in like what, what, what burns in you guys in that sense
3: you know, I think we're all called to to different things. Like, we we don't Great. all have the same calling. Yeah. And so there's there's bands that are out there. They're just called to go out and and make a killer rock show every single night and mm-hmm. to just blow pe- people's faces off. You know, like that with their rock music. Um, and I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. there's there's a place for all those things. There's people who are called to be the best chef. You know, people who are called to be the best dentist in town. You wouldn't want me near your teeth because I don't know how to use a, a drill. You know. Um, but i feel like in all things that we do we're we're all missionaries of some sort right. right so like when i worked in a coffee shop i felt like i was a missionary doing coffee mm-hmm. you know people would come in and tell me their life stories and i had a chance to pour into them and uh you know just be just be a friend and uh so i think we do music uh there's a missional side to that for sure like mm-hmm. we we get a limited amount of time here on this earth and i think the older i get the more i realize how short that is cuz it's just blowing by mm-hmm. and uh and so when I think about what, what do we want to leave behind, well, life's too short to not point people to Jesus.
0: Absolutely true. And so I, f-
3: I feel like the, the older I've gotten, the more bold I want to be, the more I'm driven to know mm-hmm. that we got to point it to Jesus. Like we, and and uh, we just had this conversation recently because Will Graham uh, will talk about how important it is to, to verbalize the gospel, like to. You know, friendship evangelism is is important too, right? It'll, it'll take mm-hmm. you certain, but you have to share those things that can be hard to share. Yeah. And uh, and so I think, I mean, that's that's definitely a part of of what we do. we we want to leave something behind that's that's going to point people to Jesus.
0: Have you have you ever felt and I we'll talk a little bit about sort of the pastoral nature um, as of your life as well. But have you ever felt the pressure to you know, you, you were in there for a you know, 25 minute opening set, and they're like, "Why didn't Why didn't you preach the gospel? Why didn't you do an altar call?" Have you ever felt that pressure on you before?
2: Maybe, maybe like in the early days. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly been it's been a lot. I mean, w- when you make music for 20 years, I'm sure you don't you know remember every show, but right. Um, I I think we've felt all kinds of pressures, mm-hmm. but not necessarily that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that
0: yeah. Talk about some of the pressures I think that you've maybe something.
2: Yeah. Well. Well. What I would say is that I feel like our show has become um, our show has has become a place where we really do we we share we share our hearts with people and we mm-hmm. pray with them and yeah. So it's kind of like I mean if you don't see Jesus in what we're doing you weren't in the room you know what yeah, I mean like it's absolutely. pretty. And 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 a lot of that boldness does come from what Josh was just saying. Like you know, our lives—we've realized our lives are too short to not do things that matter for you know the kingdom. Because if we do anything here, you know, it's it's you can't take it with you when you
3: go. But it's mm-hmm. not just for when you're on stage. You know, it's oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, no. You you could be a cashier in a grocery mm-hmm. store. You could be working in a bank. You could be a teacher in a school. You know, we're all called to uh, to missional life of sorts. You know, and. And to share Jesus in some way or another, you know, through the way that we live, through our relationships, through loving on people. Uh,
2: back to the pressures, I would say
0: oh. Ooh, there he, was a
2: lot of pressures. I was
0: going to let that one slide early but... on.
2: Well, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think it's just a, there, it's an it's, honest question. It's a reality of of so many aspects of what we do. I think in the early days, there there was pressure to make enough money to pay our bills. That was just a natural pressure. There's always been pressure. Um, There's always been pressure. This is also just kind of a natural pressure to make music that works on radio. Right. It's a very narrow lane. It's a very narrow lane that we've been asked to drive in. And we've always taken the approach that uh, we want to leave Christian music better than we found it. Hmm. And so we've really struggled, I think, with... How hard to push, right? How far to push outside that lane? And I think sometimes we've hit the nail on the head, and sometimes we've way overshot our landing. You know, Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, because when when you do that, when you take risks, sometimes it's going to work, and sometimes it's not. But you don't find innovation unless you're willing to 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 go right.
2: Well, we also know what it's like to just write a song that is just cotton candy. Yeah, and it really has no depth or meaning, and we're just not very excited about that. And that's not going to change anybody's life either. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, it, to to try to tread that line, there's a pressure. There's a lot of pressure. To um, now, I I'd say that just in general, I think because of where we are in life, it's easier for us to do that because mm-hmm. I think our lives have all gotten just more real to a certain degree. Right. Um, and so it's easier to be real with with other people.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you guys got a new record, and by the time this airs, it'll be out. Uh, it's called Fear No More. And I love this line because I was reading over um, this this sort of, I don't know, bio explanation of, of what the record's about. And um, I love this line because it stuck out to me in, in the biggest way. They wrote this new new collection of songs for themselves, wrote messages they needed to hear, laying themselves bare in order to reach a new level of transparency in their songs. Most people will say a moment or a conversation or a life season triggered that. Was there anything like that that sort of brought you to this place of, you know what, I just need something that's going to work for me right now?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about pressures earlier. And I feel like there has been a pressure, uh, especially early on, but it, not a pressure that anybody else put on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely felt myself to live a certain, like to, to have no flaws, right? To mm-hmm. to be that that role model, to be and which is is fair, right? If you're if you're in leadership, you, you, those things are there. But with that also comes uh, a fear of making yourself vulnerable. Yeah, because oh. If I share my vulnerabilities, is that a sign of weakness? If I share my struggles, you know, is, is that, do I look weak? Do I, you know, my failure? And uh, and so I think for a long time, I, I had a hard time going to those places. You know, I had a hard time sharing the painful things or even letting myself go there. In pain. And uh, my wife brought up to me one day. She noticed that looking back on some of the harder things that we've been through, she said when, when we look back on some of the really hard things like a wreck that our family was in where we hit a car on an interstate going 70 miles an hour our car flipped with all my kids in it oh it goodness. was this uh, a, a crazy experience and and it was really hard and uh she said when I when when I tell the story I talk about how we we saw the world in a different way after that and all the good that came from it and and she's like, you—you you completely gloss over how hard it was, or the the, the grieving and the pain that, that came out of that experience. Or
0: because um, it's almost like you're supposed to say that, well, God, there's God's God got to make good out of everything. And, yes, and the, that testimony's easier to say at the end. Removed, it is, but doesn't help anybody who's in the middle. Who's in the it.
3: middle of it? Mm-hmm. And yes, everything's going to work out fine. Like there's all a, a reason, a, a purpose for all this. God's got it, and and He does, you know. But but there's a realness in sharing the struggle, you know. And and we all go through like we're all, we all go to those places, and like I've I've had anxiety my whole life. It's not something I ever told people about because it felt weak, right? And uh, and when I started talking a little bit about it, I started noticing whoa, a lot of my friends had the same thing. I'm not alone in this. We can encourage each other. We can be strength for each other, um, and, and that's what community does. You know, when we share those parts of us when we're vulnerable with each other um we can be an encouragement and and i think that's a beautiful thing about community and i think going to this record um, it really i think the night that everything changed was a night that we were sitting around in the studio and we noticed that jordan was really struggling our drummer and uh, he, he had been going through panic attacks and anxiety attacks and had a lot of changes happening in his life he had a kid on the way and he didn't know how to control any of it and it was just debilitating and he would go to the doctor, thinking he had, you know, physical issues, and the doctor would just tell him, no, "You're you're stressed out." Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I shared with him that I knew exactly what I was feeling because I've been there, mm-hmm. I've had those nights where I lied awake and and was just just worried out of my mind. When I would go to the doctor, thinking there was things wrong, and it ended up just being my stress and yeah, fear, you know, and those things can can lead to depression, and they can lead to a really dark place and, and a place of just loneliness. And for him, when when I shared that. It made him realize I'm not alone in this, right. and there are ways, like I can I can cope with this. There are, there are places that that I can go to that I don't have to dwell in this feeling. And bringing my brothers into it mm-hmm. is going to lift my spirits too, and going you know, to speak life into me. And and so we decided then we're like let let's be raw with this. And so right. actually the, the song that we wrote that night was I'll fear no more. Wow. so it's write an anthem that comes straight from the heart, just the raw feelings. You know, it, this is this is where we're at. This is what we feel. And let's have an honest conversation about it.
0: I'm glad you talked about that because we, we did an episode on the subject of mental health and mm. basically had, you know, the plan was to have three or four artists share their stories and it turned into two episodes and it probably could have been about seven <clears throat> because I kept getting emails from people wanting mm. to share their stories and and it made me as someone who's gone through depression and struggled with ADHD and like high, high, low lows and as a as a pastor as an artist, mm-hmm. um, it, it brought me some freedom to hear some of the people I've looked up to, go, mm. oh my goodness, I, I'm not, I'm not crazy, I'm not, I'm not flawed and, and broken, and and so like I, I really appreciate that vulnerability of of you sharing that, and and through through sort of even being more open to talking about it, I know you talk about it on the record and you got the record coming out and, and as we sit here today, it's not out, but it'll be out. Mm. What sort of fruit has come about talking about some of those things? It's kind of therapeutic. yeah. And if, if you're in
3: that place, like if, you, if you're in a place where you are crippled by fear and anxiety and you're, if, you, if you're dealing with depression, I mean, don't hold it inside. Mm -hmm. don't keep that don't don't keep that to yourself share that struggle like we're not meant to go through those things alone i think bringing your community into it finding people who can be a resource for you too and 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 help you through it is so important and getting help yeah i think we could all benefit from counseling like counseling is an amazing thing i've had counseling my wife's had counseling i mean all it it is it can be life-changing yeah absolutely it can help to to process and unpack some of those really hard things and um for some reason, we feel like there's something wrong with us mm-hmm. if we if we need that kind of help. But honestly, like there's a lot of things wrong with me, and I do need yeah. help. Like yeah, to totally. be honest, like that I, I, I really do. And uh, and so I think the more we can just be transparent with our issues, the more likely we are to have people who can circle around us too and mm-hmm. and and help us through that. But you know, I, I feel like with this record too, instead of writing songs that had to be this positive happy outcome every mm-hmm. single time i feel like we're more comfortable saying I, I i don't know how all this is gonna end and i I don't know what the plan for it is but i know that god's here
0: you know kind of like the whole book of psalms essentially it yeah. really is yes yeah. like i'm this, mad but i'm but this is but i know you're here
3: you're with me you're close to the broken hearted mm-hmm. and uh you know i look back we were we were talking about some of our early records and they had titles like life is beautiful i wish we all could win and that's really how i feel about the world i i I really do see the world that way like i'm a glass half full kind of guy but it feels really good to go to those places that are that are harder and and talk through those things and be honest and and so like there's there's a song on this record um that came out of one of the, the hardest things we've been through as a band our our longtime sound guy uh Anthony, he and his wife lost their daughter at birth. Wow. And uh, I remember the morning when he went in, uh, he went in to go for the delivery and sent us pictures of the nursery, and it was all decorated. And, and then later that day, we heard that their daughter had passed away in the middle of childbirth uh, for unexpected reasons. And just seeing the hurt they went through afterwards was, yeah, it was so hard. And I remember going to the funeral with Matt, and we saw him afterwards. Didn't know what to say yeah there's no words for that moment and mm-hmm. so we we honestly just embraced and we just hugged and we cried together i don't even know if we said any words but that's all we needed in that moment um, and then later we invited his wife to come with us on on a tour that we did in europe
0: mm-hmm.
3: in fact we brought all the wives out we were hoping we can love on them and yeah get away a little bit and uh we had a show in amsterdam and we're we're uh we're sound checking and all the wives were walking around the city exploring and they came back super excited they had found this cafe that had the same name as their daughter, and it was the Piper Cafe, spelled P-I-E-P-E-R. Only time they'd ever seen that spelling of the name was one other place, which is where they got the name. So they said, oh, can we go to this cafe after the show, and we'll remember Piper. And So, so we did. After the show, we all went out, and we said words remembering Piper, and we, we prayed together. And, and then uh, as we're getting up to leave, I saw the only thing hanging on the wall was this award. It was for hospitality. And I looked, it said the piper cafe so i called them over and i said hey you should take a picture of this mm-hmm. this has your daughter's name on it and they came over and they, they just started crying mm. and they said you won't believe this the date on that award is piper's birthday wow not only is it the same name with the same spelling but it's the same birthday yeah like it, it felt like god was right there in the room saying you know what, i'm with you the pain doesn't go away right but mm-hmm. but knowing that god you see me you hear me. You know this struggle. You know the, the the hurt. And it felt like there was angels flying around. And so there's a song called Forever and Always that came out of that. Oh, wow. Because we, uh, we thought, what, what did we want to share? What are the words that we want to share in that kind of moment? Well, I want to share. I wish I could take all this away. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how. And I don't know what the ultimate reason is for all of this. But I know that God's close to the brokenhearted. And I know he's with you. And he always will be.
0: And I feel like that's that's the encouragement for the listeners is that if you keep fighting hard enough and keep going even when it's hard you you will you will begin to see the vic- the beautiful you will see the the piper on the wall you'll see mm-hmm. that on the wall yeah. if you just keep going but if you if That's we choose fine. to live in this victim mentality we we close our eyes we can't see it and i I'm curious because I'm not sure how much you you take on vocally in the band as as live versus whatever but I'm curious when when we talk about some of these stories that maybe were personal for Josh, mm-hmm. uh, especially around the song "Fear No More," how do you see yourself as as part of the band to help sort of communicate that story uh, in, yeah. in a different in a different way? Well, I mean, when we
2: when we get together to write, we usually sit down and just talk. We just catch up. We don't live in the same state, so we just you know we usually get together and we just hang out. And we just talk about what's going on in life and what's going on with our kids, what's going on in our churches, what's you know what's where is our heart, um, you know all these types of things, and then uh, usually that will lead us to what we want to write about, you know, mm-hmm. that day. And um, it's and it's not always, um, you know. So Josh will describe what he sees and what he's writing from, and what I see and where I'm writing from. It might be a different story, but um, right. but you know it's the same it's the same story, different time, different yeah. people involved, different you know what I mean right um, and you know we don't all we don't all have the same struggles necessarily um, but we all have struggles mm-hmm. we all we all get dealt some pretty crappy cards in life, you know what I mean and so when we're when we're talking through these things, somebody or some event or something may pop into one of our heads, and it may be a different thing from the other. Right. And so, when all those ideas kind of come together, um, it, the songs just, you know, kind of are what they are. So it's just, it's, it's just different every time.
0: Well, I love how you guys have a collaborative uh, approach to to the the band, because probably a lot of people see a band and go, well. Well, the singer's singing, and he's probably the only one who wrote it, or or whatever. And and, and you don't realize the team that's involved in mm-hmm. in some bands. And then there's some bands that they're they're actually just kind of there to fill a guitar role and <laughs> yes. stuff. And and that's okay too. But sure. you know, it's yeah. I love how you guys have been doing this from that Starbucks to take it right back there. from yeah. been together making music. Well,
2: and you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, a, a lot of artists that you that I say maybe and maybe singer is a more appropriate term for what I'm about to describe, but they don't write their own music. Mm-hmm. They just sing. Yeah. You know? Um there are which is totally fine. Is totally fine. It's yeah, just we're not different. all gifted
0: the same way. It's it's all different.
2: Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of bands anymore that write all their own music. And we are one of those we are one of those. And um and I think that's one of the reasons why it takes us three years to make a
3: to make a record. Well yeah, because we collaborate with and stuff. Like there's a song we wrote with uh with Bart Miller, for instance, on this new record, because mm-hmm. he's been a friend for long- We've wanted to write a song together for a long time. So, right. so we have a circle of people. Jason Ingram comes a very sometimes small circle. And, and hangs but, out, yeah. and we'll write a song. So Jason Ingram's when- wrote, written a few songs. Uh, just, a couple. Just, like just a couple. A couple. He, he, amazing guy. Amazing guy. But, it's, well, yeah, uh, we, but it is a brotherhood. We, we started writing songs together in that coffee shop, and we've been writing songs together ever since. It's been it's been the way that we, it's kind of like therapy, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you're dealing with something in life and it, it expresses itself in joy and sorrow and all these different ways. That's the beautiful thing about songs. It's like, you never know what's going to come out and then you have this thing mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, where did that come from?
0: Well, it sounds like, it sounds like, I mean, I, I'm leaving this going. I feel like I'm sort of, I don't know, I, like the awkward adopted uh, sort of guy who hangs around the afters family house right now. It's like I feel like I've just gotten such a window into your lives, and and it's just beautiful what God is doing through through you, Josh, and through you, Matt, and through the rest of the band. And and I I mean I just I I've walked out of today just a a firm believer in what you guys are doing. Cannot wait to dive into the full record. And we're gonna play a little clip for our listeners now as we as we get uh, out of this episode. The record's called "Fear No More." And I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to you, Matt, to oh. pick a song that's your favorite off the record, Ooh. and tell me in 30 seconds why okay. it's your favorite.
2: Okay, so there are so many things that go into making a record, and one of the things that probably nobody thinks about, because people don't actually hold a physical copy of, of an album anymore, mm-hmm. is the track listing. Right. So we've thought about what order we want all these songs to go in, and we decided that the first song that we want people to hear is a song called "What Home Feels Like." And so, one of the things, like we were talking about earlier, like we wrote a lot of these songs for us. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that we've realized in this most recent season is um, this most recent season is that um, you know we home is not necessarily. You know, uh, a roof and four walls. Home isn't uh, a neighborhood. Home yeah. are the people in your life that um, are important to you. They're they're your your village. You know, yeah. like the people you want to raise your kids with. You, the people you want to be around. The people you want speaking into your life. Mm-hmm. And so we were thinking, uh, kind of about these kinds of things. And as we travel the world, with. The, our uh, three best friends and we travel and we play to these people who n- uh, have uh, know us through our music and our music means so much to them. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's sometimes what home feels like. You know what I mean, man? Yeah. And that and so knowing that that is the song that is that's the first thing we want you to hear when you play our record listen to that one that's 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 my that's one of my favorites
0: alright well thank you for inviting me into your record label home today here at Fairtrade <laughs> yeah. Trade yeah, in, uh, in Nashville Tennessee and uh, thanks Josh and Matt for stopping by this is The Appreciate Afters it. check out this song right here on Overflow Beyond the Music this is What Home Feels Like by The Afters Home Feels Like And big thanks to josh and matt from the afters for joining me on overflow beyond the music it was a really great conversation make sure you check out the show notes below or i don't know on the next page or wherever you can find show notes where you listen to podcasts make sure you check those out to get a bunch of great music great links to music from the afters chris sly who's on this episode as well as our social media links And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, one of the best ways you can help us out, give us a follow online. We are at OverflowBTM on Instagram. Make sure that you rate the podcast episode. You can leave a review or a comment. We'd really appreciate that. Also, if you want to know when our podcast is released, like the very second it's available, make sure that you hit that little subscribe button and you subscribe to this podcast. My name is Josh McCabe. Thank you so much for joining us on Overflow Beyond the Music. We'll see you again soon.